Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. On today's episode, we're going to be doing our end-of-season 2021 big festive quiz. We are bringing back our quiz, our annual quiz at Passing Shot HQ to look back on the season that has just been. Kim, I know you like a good quiz, so I feel like you're you're a little bit excited for this. I'm thrilled, Joel. It's a Monday (laughs) evening, which means two things. We record the passing shot and I go and watch Mastermind and all the quiz shows (laughs) on BBC Two afterwards. So this is a great warm up. up. Absolutely. (laughs) Priming my brain. I feel like we've done so many podcasts this season. I think we've done like 80 odd catch up podcasts, but I feel like this was the one we were really excited about because there has been so much drama. There's been so much going on this season. It is a long season. I feel like every tennis fan knows that. And yeah, just sort of researching for the quiz. I forgot lots and lots of things have happened this season. Oh, so much has happened. And this is a great way to, I think, finish off the year with a nice roundup, reinforce some of that knowledge, you know, should it come up again and (laughs) remind ourselves of how much we're already looking forward to next year to see, you know, what other sort of morsels we can extract for passing shot quiz 2022 already. But before we go into that, Joel, um, we do want to say to all the listeners and everyone that's donated so far to our crowdfund, a massive, massive thank you. Uh, We're already at £315 in just a few days. So that is, you know, phenomenal. We're like overjoyed um, with everyone that's contributed. So thank you ever so much. And if you still uh, would like to support, we do have a link to our crowdfunder in the description of today's episode. Yeah, listeners, massive thank you uh, from us in terms of the the crowdfund. We're blown away by how much we've raised so so far. So if you are able to support us, honestly, it would help us so much for next season. As Kim said, the link is in the description if you are able to support. But now on to the main event, and that is the uh, the end of season quiz. The Quizmas, Quizmas episode, as as we normally do um, at Passing Shot HQ, we look back on the season. We've got 40 questions. We are going to put this into four sections of 10 questions each. They're going to be on the ATP Tour, the WTA Tour, the Grand Slams, and then the final section will be on team competitions and the Olympics. So 40 questions, four sections. And all answers are going to be worth one mark each. And we'll be doing this kind of to each other. So I've come up with 20 questions. Joel's come up with 20. So we'll be scoring ourselves out of 20. But obviously, everyone listening, you'll be scoring out of 40. Um, I want to say, give yourself your own team name. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna try and come up with a tennis-themed quiz name, Joel. But all I'm thinking at the moment, this is quite... A, so I'm stealing from a stereotypical quiz team name. It's Christina McHale. Um, that's going to be my team oh, name. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking more of a festive. Maybe my, my team name is going to be Jolly Saint Nicholas Kyrgios. 
Or St. Nicholas Quizios. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we could have an episode just devoted to inserting quiz into lots of different tennis players. Uh, Quiz Guccione from Australia. Oh, I mean, actually, that one's that was very That's very niche. That's a very niche tennis player. Stefanos Quizzy Pass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, when you're listening, guys, you will hear a, um, well, you'll hear various noises based on whether the answer is correct or whether we're getting it wrong. So um, we'll try and give you guys adequate time to sort of follow along. Uh, but this might be a great time to go out for a long, a long walk and uh, have a crack at the questions whilst you're out and about. Yes. And listeners, of course, this is a quiz and, you know, we can't be there with you, but we need to say this. No, no Googling. No, you know, searching the answers on your phone. We don't want any of that. We want to, we want to know what your true score is. So if you get to the end of the quiz and you think you got a good score, or even if you think you got a bad score, let us know how you did. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it will be better than me because I'm, traditionally i think historically anyway i'm just quite useless at quizzes so yeah let's kim should we should we start off i'm ready to start absolutely section do you want one. to read the first do you want to read the first yes. question out Joel? okay yeah. section one atp tour got 10 questions for you now i swear traditionally my questions have been quite easy in terms of when i've given them to you i feel like you've just got 100 percent every time so i have actually tried to make these a little bit more difficult this time Okay, I, I've tried to make mine slightly easier, I think. <laughs> so maybe we'll maybe join in balance the middle out. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. My first question is this. Kasper Rude completed a clay court hat-trick this season whilst many of his rivals were playing in the Olympics. Can you tell me which three tournaments he won back to back to back? Oh, that's really hard, John. <laughs> and I for want all three. One. <laughs> I want all three for one mark. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm turning up the the difficulty early on. Um, in okay. this in this uh in this quiz. So there's no third of a point situation. No, I'm not. On. No, it's all okay. or nothing. So post Wimbledon, we had a few clay court events. Um, so I think he. I don't this it, right in no particular order. Um, I'm going to say ba- Bastad in in Sweden, um, Gustad in Switzerland because they're always quite similar sounding. I think they kind of go in consecutive weeks. And oh, is it Hamburg or is that completely? No, I'm sure it's Hamburg. Oh, but I know there's Umag as well, but I don't know if he went to Umag in Croatia. I'm going to say Hamburg, Gustad and Bastad. So Bastad is correct. Gustad is correct. And Hamburg is incorrect. Oh, oh no. I'm sure our listeners are telling you it, the correct answer is Kitzbühel. Oh, Kitzbühel. Okay. Yes. Well, I didn't even consider that. I mean, two out of three is not is not bad, but I'm yeah, I'm going to be quite. As I said, I'm I'm going to be testing your knowledge here, so uh, I can't give you a point. I feel for uh, two out of three. That's fair enough. Um, I will (laughs) accept that result, Joel. Um, Okay, question number two. It's so brutal. I feel like you're going to be really brutal to me now. Okay. It's all right. I'll just maybe manipulate the rules later on as, you know, it seems to be quite a thing in sports at the moment. Um, <laughs> right. Question number two. 
Which home favourite won the Argentina Open in March, his first title on home soil? Hmm. First title on home soil. Uh, I can only think of two Argentinian players uh, currently active on the tour. Guido Pella and uh, oh, is it Londero? Uh, Schwartz. I... I think it's got. I'm going to have to play it safely. I'm not totally confident on this, but I'm going to say Diego Schwartzman. It is indeed Diego Schwartzman. <laughs> well done, Joel. <laughs> um, he won Whoa. against one of the Serendolos. Oh, uh, of course. Yes. Yeah, and it's actually yeah his first title at home, which I thought was quite interesting, as I kind of assumed he might have picked one up before. Yeah, that's. I feel like that was sort of throwing me a little bit, and also the fact that Serendolo got to the final. That was, that was mad times. I mean, we always have a wild ride. I feel on in South America in the uh, the golden swing. Um, but yes, okay, Diego Schwartzman. Okay, right. You ready for your next question? Who ended the season as USA's number one top ranked player on the ATP tour? Oh, wow. Uh, right. So USA players, quite a lot um, have had, I mean, there's been quite a lot of up and coming American players this year. I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's not Jack Sock. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in, even in my mind just now. Not going to lie. I mean, there's John Isner, who's, you know, up there, there or thereabouts. But then I feel like Francis TFO is more uh, immediately sort of thinkable. But you know, actually doesn't have maybe as high a ranking as you might think. And then obviously you've got the likes of Nakashima, McDonald, Brooksby, but they're still very, you know, up and coming. And then you've got Taylor Fritz, I suppose, who actually, it could be Taylor Fritz because I'm sure he is seeded for a lot of things these days. Um, I'm going to say Taylor Fritz, but I may be forgetting someone. Uh no, Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz? Yeah. That is correct. Oh, yes, yes, it's Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz finished uh, in 23rd in the rankings. John Isner, 24th. Ooh, okay. And someone, you were, and someone you were forgetting, he was 26th, Riley Opelka. Oh, yes. He had a great season, actually. Mm. So, yes. But yeah, well done. Uh, Taylor Fitz uh, is correct. So you are up and running. Fantastic. Right. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Which young British player knocked out the third seed Yannick Sinner in the first round of the Queen's Club Championships back in June? Yes, I remember this well. Uh, Oh, Oh, hang on. Right. Sorry. I, I thought I had the answer. And then I realised there was quite a lot of British players at the Queen's Club because of wild cards. I was, for some reason, going to say Cam Norrie, but I don't think that's right because you said up and coming. So I, well, like I said that... young, Joel. I said young. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. But <laughs> for some reason, I still because I still was thinking Cam Norrie because he, he had such a good Queen's tournament. Um, The fact you said young, I'm going to say... Jack Draper. Indeed. Yeah, it was Jack Draper. Do you remember the nature of the scoreline? You know, no extra points here, but just... Was, uh, it, was it 
was it two tie? Was it two really tight tie breaks? Did he? he won? It was, yeah, yeah, it was. And I think Sinner had set points possibly in both sets, but it was definitely two tie breaks. So yeah, well done, Jack Draper is correct. Speaking of tie breaks, Kim, my next question is also about tie breaks. Um, so my next question for you is: Andy Murray and Francis Tiafo played out the longest best of three set match on the ATP tour this season with Murray coming through their European Open round one meeting 7-6-6-7-7-6-10-8 in that final set tie break what was the official match length and I will be I will be nice here I'm gonna say you can be two minutes two minutes either side of the correct answer and you'll get you'll get a mark the official match length for Murray TFO. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to ask me. Longest match of the season. Okay. Uh, on I the think... 80, best of three on the ATP tour. I thought you were going to ask me the length of the tie break. Um, okay. Right. <laughs> I think, I think it was sort of around four hours, but just under. So I'm going to say three hours and 45 minutes. I'm sure it was around that. Kim, that is absolutely bang on three hours yes! 45 minutes correct um yes uh very very well done yeah listeners if you were two two minutes around three hours 45 give yourself a point but yeah that was uh that was such an epic match wasn't it um probably one of the matches of the season actually and uh yeah tfo with that sort of you know maybe did that um that instagram post afterwards it sort of cemented i felt the the uh the legacy of that match one of Andy Murray's uh, many last set tie breaks. <laughs> yeah. as well. One of his many <laughs> tie breaks of this season. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right. Next question. Um, okay. With what did Daniel Medvedev have an altercation during his Western and Southern Open semi final against Andre Rublev? Oh. Oh, I don't know this. Um, it's getting getting trickier now, Kim. Um, Daniel Medvedev had an altercation. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Um, what did he have an altercation with? Um, ah, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, all all I can think of, I just remember that tournament. The music from other courts was really loud and always play on. You could always hear it. I think from other courts, and I, th- I'm going to say he got like. Maybe he got angry at that and he just was like having complained at the umpire about like how loud the music was, maybe. No, not quite. So many of our listeners may remember this. Um, Medvedev collided with a camera at the back of the court. Yeah. And he sort of kicked it afterwards uh, in frustration, threatened to sue the the tournament, I think, at one point, potentially. Um, But yeah, he ran into the camera in the middle of the rally um, and asked for it to then be removed subsequently. So uh, never a dull moment when Medvedev is on court. Yeah. Uh, yeah now now i do have flashbacks to that because yeah brought up whole issue didn't it of like where should a camera be on should a camera even be on a tennis court um yeah okay right my next question for you is this roger federer played three tournaments on the atp tour this season outside of grand slams they were in qatar geneva and Halle. for one point name any 
of the three players that defeated him in those events. Oh, I'm surprised he only played three tournaments, but yeah, he did have a short season. Yeah, I think that's right. I looked at his 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 uh, season and I saw those three. Um, but yeah, they all had losses for him uh, at different stages. I feel like one's an, a, a gimme and then I'll be impressed if you could get the maybe the two others, but. So Qatar, Geneva and Haller. So I think in um, Qatar, it, I know, um, I want to say Karatsev won that tournament, but I'm not sure if that was Doha or Dubai. So I think he lost to someone like Monfils or Sitsipas. Um But actually Haller, I think he lost to Felix Auger-Aliassime, I think. Because I know Ugo Umber won that tournament beating... FAA in the final but I think it was FAA that beat Federer so I, I think that's the only one I know about I've got no idea for Geneva so FAA in Haller. Correct yes that is the right answer yes uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime beat Roger Federer in Haller played yeah some really really good tennis um, the other two I was looking for in Qatar it wasn't either none of the people you mentioned. It was Nikolash Basilashvili. Uh, I think it was in the finals. It was in the final, semi-final, I think. Um, and then in Geneva, uh, this was in the first round. Pablo Andujar. Oh wow! Definitely would not um, have remembered that yeah. one. <laughs> I'll be any any listeners who got all those got all three of those uh yeah hat tip to you because yeah very impressive you got that but yes kim you get one point for telling me felix ogier aliasin woo okay next question novak djokovic succumbed to a round of 16 loss in monte carlo in straight sets against which player oh that's a good question for some i'm my head is instantly thinking karatsev but that is wrong because that happened in his home tournament in Serbia, the Serbia Open, which was on clay, but again, not not Monte Carlo. Who did he lose to in Monte Carlo? Was it Yannick Sinner? Was it Yannick Sinner or Ru- Rublev or Sis? Oh, that's a that is a very good one. Round of sixteen. It's not going to be someone as high ranked. It's. I think it might have been. Okay, this is rogue, and I think is wrong. Lorenzo Sonigo. Oh, I see where you're going from. That would be around the right sort of ranking, and Sonigo did beat him the year before. Um, it's actually a bit closer to home, Joel. I don't know if you remember. Oh, it, it was Dan Evans. It was, yeah. Oh, so... <laughs> no, I can't oh, give no. you the point, but yeah. yeah, Dan Evans had a great win that day. Yes. Yes, probably. Yeah, probably one of the biggest wins of his of his season. Um, uh, okay, put that. I'll put that disappointment behind me. Um, your final ATP question from me. I had to get a Rafa question in there. Rafael Nadal's last match of the season turned out to be in the round of sixteen at the Washington Open. Who did he lose to? Oh, this was far too early for my liking, both in terms of <laughs> Rafa ending his season and that particular tournament. Um, yeah, I do remember this one, and I'm sure many of the Rafa fans listening will also remember it. Um, unfortunately, Rafa lost to um, 
Well, you quite like this player. You like his hair, especially. <laughs> Lloyd Harris of South Africa. That is correct. Yes, it was Lloyd Harris who... I think he was scheduled to play him, wasn't he? In like the, the next tournament as well, which Nadal didn't make it onto the court. I think he withdrew. I can't remember which tournament that was. But um, yeah, Lloyd Harris won 6-4, 1-6, um, And that was, yeah, Nadal's last match. Uh, well, it turned out to be his last match of the season. Okay, right. Last question for the ATP round. So question 10 in total. What was unique about Andre Rublev reaching the Doha semi-finals this year? Oh my god. What, <laughs> what is going Where's where has this come from? This has gone from simple to impossible within <laughs> like what within like a round um no joel when you say where has this come from this is all stuff we have discussed on the podcast okay i took this from our <laughs> like scripts for each episode so you definitely have talked about this this year <laughs> can you repeat can you repeat the question yeah what was unique about andre rublev reaching the doha semi-finals this year and I can give you a clue if you like. Oh, yes, so please. It's, it's, the clue is, is the, the clue is the nature of how he got to the semi-finals, like what uh, he oh, did yes, or did not yes, do. Yes, yes. <laughs> he he. Uh, I I'm not 100 percent on this, but did he get there without stepping foot on the tennis court? He got like, did he get three walk up three walkovers in a row or two? No, you got a buy, a buy, and then two walkovers. That's it. Yeah, a buy and two walkovers. So he didn't play yes. a single point. <laughs> so I will give you that. Um, yeah, he played zero games, and I think whoever he was, he played in the semi-final. Possibly Medvedev. I can't remember exactly. He lost. You they lose? played like eighty-eight games compared to <laughs> Rublev playing zero. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Oh yes, no, I, I think it was Taylor Fritz. He played actually. Yeah, and I think actually. Oh, well, I don't. Yeah, I can't remember who actually won. But um, yeah, I thought that was a, quite a funny uh, moment. Well, funny, not ha 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 funny, but, you know, odd funny. <laughs> One of those things that does crop up from time to time. Um, OK, so that's the end of the ATP round. We're going to move on to the WTA round without any further ado. So listeners at the ready for um, the second round. Joel, would you like to commence WTA? So my first question for you, I feel like the reason may be slightly easier actually on in hindsight. Um, but my first question for you is whose streak of seven year end top 10 finishes came to an end this season? Oh, it came to an end this season. Okay. So they're not in the top 10 anymore. I was just thinking of Carolina Pliskova, but that's, because she dropped out of the top 10, but that was during the year, wasn't it? Um, so I think, logically, it's going to have to be um, this person who has had quite a lot of injuries and was out for quite a lot of time, Simona Halep? Correct. Yes, Simona Halep. Yeah, she finished the year at number 20. Uh, yeah, got got rid of her coach uh, or parted ways with her coach and yeah I feel like she'll be looking for a fresh new start next season yeah fingers crossed she can get back on the upward trajectory okay question two this might be fairly easy I think we've discussed it a few times 
what was the scoreline in the final of the WTA <laughs> Rome tournament? You just don't. You don't even need to complete the question. Actually, I'll let you. I'll let you finish. But if I, if I was a quiz contestant and it was a timed environment, I would have just. I would have come in like straight away. Except some quizzes, you're not allowed to butt in. So, right. What was this minus five points? Right. What was the scoreline? <laughs> what was the scoreline in the final of the WTA Rome tournament between Iga Sviontek and and Karolina Pliskova this year? Oh, iconic, iconic scoreline. It was a double bagel, wasn't it? Six love, six love. Absolutely, it was. Bit of a embarrassing and fast day on court for Pliskova. Uh, yeah, very one-sided on that particular I, I, day. I, I just feel like Pliskova's season so strange. I felt like she had some like lowest of lows, but also some like highest of highs. Her peaks and troughs, what I felt like, were quite high, but also quite deep. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't too long after that that she made the Wimbledon final. Yeah, so exactly. Way to turn it around slightly. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. My next question for you. A little bit. A little bit trickier. Um, at the Transylvania Open, which player became affectionately known as Countess Dracula for making her way on court in a cape? <laughs> I love this. So <laughs> she's become a bit of an epic, I think. And, you know, has actually had a good end to the season. You know, mm. she got, you know, deep, I think, at, at well, not maybe so deep at that event, but a subsequent event and, uh, you know, reinforced her her. Her, her her new moniker, I suppose, as the Countess Dracula. Um, and that would be Romanian player Jacqueline Christian, I think. Correct. Yes, that is spot on. Uh, Jacqueline Christian. Yeah, name I didn't really know this season, but yeah, announced herself at the Transylvania Open. And yeah, I really like her character and uh, her energy on the tennis court. Absolutely. And her uh, dress sense. And dress sense as well. (laughs) Right. Next question. Who became the third wild card to lift the Eastbourne crown this year, defeating Annette Contivate in straight sets? Wild card. I think, could be wrong, I wonder if it was, um, would she have needed a wild card? Eastbourne WTA I feel like that's quite a it's quite a high high draw I'm gonna say Yelena Ostapenko I, I just I feel like I, I'm not sure if she needed a wild card but I've, I think she had a random victory that I was not expecting and on a grass court Yelena Ostapenko you're not really expecting much and I think she just surprised everyone I could be completely wrong but I'm gonna say Yelena Ostapenko you are not completely wrong. You are correct. It was indeed Yelena Ostapenko. Yes. Yeah, I I forgot that she was a wild card, but you know, it's such a strong draw that mm. her ranking, you know, has had slipped enough for her to to have needed a wild card. So yeah, only the third wild card in the history of that tournament to actually win. Mm. Okay, right. Moving on to the next question. So we're gonna go quite far back in the season with this one. So in the Phillip Island Trophy, Sophia Kennan lost her opening round match against Australian teenager Olivia Gadechki. In the following days, she was admitted to hospital to have what operation? 
Oh, yes, this was quite a while back. And I thought when you said the Philip Island Trophy, you were going to ask me who won, in which case I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but this I do remember because, you know, she'd obviously, well, Sophia Kennan's had a very difficult season, um, but she had, I think, her appendix removed. She had appendicitis and had to, to have that done, I think. That is correct. Yes, uh, she had uh, an inflamed appendix. I don't. She was going into hospital, not feeling great, and then all of a sudden, yep, she had her appendix out. So that is correct. Uh, yeah, I, I as a as a fellow person who has had appendicitis, it like really hurts when it's inflamed and inside you. So uh, I'm glad she got it removed. But um, yeah, not the not the greatest of seen at seasons for Kenan. But um, again, I think a little bit like Halep, she'll be looking for a fresh start. I think next season. Absolutely. Okay, next question. Who saved a match point in her opening match to then go on and defend her Miami Open title in 2021? Oh, oh my God, Kim. Um, That is (laughs) Miami Open. Was that the final? I think I'm I think maybe that was the final WTA 1000 event of the season. Maybe Uh, I'm going to say, and I don't know if, again, don't know if it's right. I think this person got to the final. I don't know if they won it. Is it Victoria Azarenka? (laughs) Oh, Joe. I think you're you're confusing tournaments. So, Miami was was back in uh, oh, of course. the usual yes. spot. <laughs> oh, I, I did get confused. So I, still don't, I still don't really know the answer. I still but, okay. don't know who won it. Well, it's Ash Barty. So uh... She was a match point down against Christina Kukova in the first round and then came back and stormed to victory in the uh, final. So uh, against Andrescu in the, in the final of that one before Andrescu retired. Yep. Oh uh, well, yeah. I I mean they split up the the uh, uh the what, so many tournaments. That's split. it. This, I know. Confuse me. All right. Um. Okay. My next question for you is this. So, along with Emma Raducanu, name one of the other two teenagers who made their top one hundred debut in the WTA rankings this season. Oh, wow. Okay, so along with Emma Raducanu, two mm-hmm. teenagers who debuted mm-hmm. in the top 100. Okay. Um, well, I'm just thinking of other teenagers who would be in that sort of category and have done really well. So the first one that springs to mind is Clara Torson, and I'm sure she probably wasn't outside the top 100. You know, um, I'm sorry, I'm, so, I'm sure she was outside the top 100 like this time last year. So... I would say her, Clara Torson, but I also want to say like Anne Lee because I feel like she, I think she's still a teenager and she's had a good year as well. So I'm sure it's one of them, if not another. Kim, I'm going to push you. Oh, Clara Torson. (laughs) Oh, Kim. Is it not? If you had said Anne Lee, You would have been incorrect because Clara Torson is absolutely the correct answer. Oh, yes. phew. Okay. Uh, she was one of the two teenagers uh, to make her debut in the top 100 rankings this season. The other teenager, a player 
we've spoken about on the podcast a player whose name has changed and has like four parts to it and uh is from south america um maria camilla osorio i think i've forgotten the final part uh, camilla osorio is the the other teenager yeah, Serrano is. Oh, that's uh, the it, last Serrano. <laughs> there you go. Think of the ham, <laughs> Serrano ham. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Uh, next question for you: Which Roland Garros semi-finalist took the title in Lausanne in July, defeating young Frenchwoman Clara Burrell in the final? Oh, oh! I know there was two. <laughs> there's there was two rogue. I think there were two rogue French Open semi-finalists, and I I feel like I I I don't know I can't I know I definitely know one of them I don't know if it's the right one though I'm gonna say it anyway and I don't even know if I know her first name is it Tamara Zidanezek I love um, listening to you sort of struggle uh, <laughs> <laughs> live on Zidanezek. It is. It is Zidane. Oh, yes. yes. Well done. Absolutely. Yes. She won in three sets against Burrell. So yeah. yeah fantastic. I think that is going to be a quiz question. Uh, long in look. That's going to be there for a long time in terms of those French Open semi-finalists. Because yeah, there's a few surprise names there, weren't there? Yeah, that was a a, a great. Um, I mean, there was that mm. great semi-final between Sakari and Krachikova. Yes. That, oh, I yes. I will remember that one for a long time. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, okay, right. My final question for you. This is quite a tough question, I think. Uh, and it's got a little bit of par for the courts about it, I think. Uh, but here goes. Um, there are four players to have finished their season in the top 50 for both singles and doubles. For one point, can you name all four? Wow. Okay. So four players in the WTA top 50 singles and doubles this year, current rankings. Okay. So I think, well, I'm sure two of them have got to be the Czech pair. So Barbora Krachikova and Katarina Sinyakova, because she's definitely in the top 50, I think, for singles. So them two. Um, And then, oh, blimey. Uh, Oh, I know. Um, Elise Mertens, because she's very nifty on a, on a doubles court. But actually, there must be, Joel, there must be a lot of players who are, who are in both, not not just four. Because surely, I mean, even Ash Barty, her doubles ranking could be in the top 50. Um, not not from not really? from what I've read on the okay. WTA website, no. Well, I was thinking Sabalenka then, because she was playing with Mertens, but probably hasn't played much doubles since. But I feel like maybe her ranking would still be up there. Because um, Mertens plays with Suwei Shea. Not sure about her singles ranking, though. Probably isn't in the top 50. And then there's, of course, people like Christina Mladenovic. But I'm not, I think her singles ranking has gone down. So I would be tempted to still say Sabalenka. So you're going with fourth. So you're saying Krachikova, Mertens, Sinyakova, and Sabalenka. Yes, but there's probably some Russian players as well that I'm not talking about. <laughs> this is very hard. 
You've got three of the four right. So Krachikova, Merton, Sinyakova, all correct. Uh, Sabalenka is incorrect. You did have a good hunch, though. It is a Russian player. Kudermatova. Uh, there Vishnina. you go, Veronica. Kudermatova. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, is the fourth. Um, but yeah, I took that from the WTA website, so I'm hoping I am fully informed uh, correctly on that. So uh, yeah, four players finished their season in the top 50 for both singles and doubles. Krachikova, Mertens, Sinyakova and Kudamatova. Excellent stuff. I obviously thought doubles rankings stayed higher than they did and <laughs> didn't drop off so fast, but there we go. Okay, last question for the WTA round. What match became the year's longest WTA singles final with Paola Badosa edging Victoria Azarenka in a match just over three hours long? Ooh. Um, so, sorry, which... Where, which, which tournament? Oh, yeah, okay, which, yes. Yeah, so um, tournament? Yes. So this, I think, did happen towards the end of the season. And I'm pretty sure, even though I thought it was Miami... It's the other one, and I think it's by power of deduction. I think it's it was it Indian Wells, Indian Wells final. Correct. Yes, it was indeed Indian Wells. So, sort of fairly recently, I suppose. Um, yeah, well done. So we are at the halfway mark. I'll just read out our scores, Joel, because I've been keeping track. So I'm currently on eight, and you're currently on seven. So we're doing Ooh, pretty well. And I'm just ahead tight, of you at the tight. moment. So, listeners, you may want to go and, you know, take a break, get a cup of tea now before joining us for the second half, um, because we're going to move on to our Grand Slam round next of all. So um, you might want to press pause and go and have a half-time cup of tea. Um, But let's carry on uh, for those of us who are staying straight with us. Grand Slam category next. Um, Do you want to start this one off again, Joel? Yep. Okay. I will start this one off. And... Here we go. First question in the Grand Slam round. Which British player took the opening set off Novak Djokovic before succumbing in four in the first round of Wimbledon? Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I do remember this. This was very dramatic for the first day's action. And this player has also already been mentioned <laughs> I know, today. <laughs> I know. That was why I was sort of hesitating whether I should have said it, but I've just gone with it anyway. He deserves okay. two mentions, I think, in the quiz. Yeah, he's had a great year. So it is Jack Draper. Correct. Yes, it is Jack Draper. Okay, right. Novak Djokovic is being <laughs> mentioned again now. So <laughs> Okay, okay. Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal famously met in the semifinals of Roland Garros this year. However, what number meeting was it between them? Oh, that is... <laughs> That is a oh! You're telling me my first question for the ATP Tour round was hard. This is <laughs> this is really difficult. Um, which meet? What number meeting? Uh, I'm going to say. I think they're quite even. I'm going to say fifty-six. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> that is very close. Very good guess. Um. I think their 56th meeting would probably have been Roland Garros final of the year before because this was actually number 58. 
Oh, so, very close, but not quite. <laughs> oh, I gave it a good, gave it a good shot. You um, did indeed. Okay, my next question for you: Which player ranked number forty-three in the world upset world number one Ash Barty in round three at the U.S. Open? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, round three, and she's ranked forty-three in the world. So I remember Barty lost to Mukova at the Australian Open, I think. And I think at the US Open. Yeah, I think I know who it was, actually, because I think this player, it it was an American, I think. And had this player maybe beaten Barty before or she she had a good year, I think. Generally has had quite a good year. I think it was Shelby Rogers. Correct. Yes, it was Shelby Rogers. I think, yeah, she had a pretty good lead in into the tournament, good form. And yeah, I think it was her biggest, well, biggest victory to date. She defeated, uh, yeah, world number one, Ash Barty. I've actually put in brackets on my like answer sheet, Shelby Rogers brackets before she got dismantled by Emma Raducanu in the next round. Yes, because we thought, oh, it's going to be a tough one. And mm. Emma just kind of blitzed her. Yeah, so. Shelby Rogers just got, wow. I think she just got stage fright or, or something was not right there. Cause she just did not play the level we, we had seen in like the previous round against Barty. I still can't believe Radicani won a Grand Slam. It's just insane. <laughs> um, like, I just can't, you know. Wow. Okay, right. Next question. Which tennis player was accused by the Victorian State Police Minister of feeding mice in her hotel room during the pre-Australian Open quarantine in January? Oh, that is a good question. Um, Oh, I think I should know this. Oh, this is one of those ones. It was so long ago. I've just forgotten about it, but it was hilarious at the time. And I don't think I know off the top of my head. Um, I for some reason want to say Svitolina. I don't think it is Svitolina. It's like an it's an it's an Ostapenko type character. I don't don't think it is Ostapenko. Um, is it Dara Kasatkina? <laughs> You're you're kind of on the right track when you say it's an Ostapenko style character because mm. they are quite a feisty sort of player. Well, very feisty, quite you know, a bit of aggro on court. Often. Oh, it wasn't um, Putintseva, was it? <laughs> it is Putintseva. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, okay. I forgot that this had happened, and then I was sort of reading back, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah I do remember that now. Okay. Um, okay, right. Next question for you. Naomi Osaka found herself match point down in her round four match at the Australian Open before going on to win the title. Can you name that player she was match point down to? I can, Joel, because I was watching this. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm not like, bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it. I was watching this at like 3am in the morning. I think it, it was the one, one of the nights I actually did stay up into the night um for that early part of the their day session it was a great match um and i do think this player really should have won the match uh, and that was garbinia muguruza correct unfortunately yes um i mean that was such a good match I, that was yeah uh, you feel like that that was the match for the title that they were playing such good mm, tennis definitely um 
yeah i want to i want a rematch actually the australian open coming up i want that rematch because yeah they played such a fantastic um fantastic match yeah but uh yeah unfortunately the correct answer is garbinia muguruza okie doke right next question Ash Barty won her first Wimbledon title this July, but who was the last Australian woman to win the title and in what year? <laughs> what year? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, I could make it slightly easier. Just tell me who and then, you know, have a guess about mm. the year. Or give me, you, I'll give you the point if you're within five years of the... Okay. Or if you're within the correct year, like three on each side kind of thing. That, okay. I'll give you the point. I think the person is because I, I remember us talking about it. I think the person is Yvonne Gulagong. Correct. And ah, oh, yeah. Um, uh, nineteen nineteen eighty three. <laughs> I got no. I've honestly got no idea. No, no, year. no. That's that's a decent guess i will give it to you because it's 1980 so you were Ooh. within you were within okay. three so i shall be kind and give it to you so yes, yes well done Kim. one point come on uh right your next question is this serena williams season ended abruptly in the first round of wimbledon by injuring her left ankle can you name her opponent that day oh lord uh no i can't i don't round think round one so, Mm, yeah, it was quite on a one. Yeah, um, she didn't. She played about seven games, didn't she? I yeah, think, it was and then... a bit. Yeah, it was a bit. It was really sad. Who would she have been playing? I feel like it. Did this player go on and sort of make the most of that, or was it a Chinese player? No, um, was it a fellow American? <laughs> I've got no idea. Um, I'm just gonna have to take a wild punt at this one <laughs> and. Say, um, oh, um, Monica Nicolescu. I've got no idea. <laughs> that is incorrect, but it's a good. It's a good guess. Um, it was Alexandra Saznovich. Oh, okay. Um, she reached the third round um, in the uh, at Wimbledon. She went on to beat now Hibino as well in the second round. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, a little bit of good fortune for her because yeah, Serena Williams. I didn't see her on a tennis court. I don't think after that unfortunate uh, moment. Um, but yeah, Saznovich is the correct answer. Fantastic. Right. Okay. Next question. What did Andy Murray compare Stefanos Tsitsipas's toilet break to on social media after losing to him in the first round of the US Open? So what did he compare the infamous Tsitsipas toilet break to on social media after the match? Um, I mean, yes, I am an Andy Murray fan. Do I know this answer? I mean, should I know this answer? Yes. Do I know this answer? Absolutely not. I've, I don't even know where to start to him. I've got, I've got no idea. I know he was vocal about it. I can tell you though what he was saying. Um, no, I, I don't know. Okay, so it was a bit of a kind of fairly well humorous slash you know savage tweet, perhaps. The tweet was, fact of the day, it takes Stefanos Tsitsipas twice as long to go to the bathroom as it takes Jeff Bezos to fly into space. 
So I wonder if any of our listeners remember that. Yeah, that was what he compared it to, Jeff Bezos flying into space. Yes. Well, hope, well that's hopefully not going to happen next season. But um, yes. Uh, okay, right. My final question for you in this section. I've re- This is possibly one of my favourite questions I've got for you. At the US Open, for the first time in the history of Grand Slams since 1995, there were three qualifiers in the round of 16 for the men. For one mark, name two of those three qualifiers. Sorry, was this in the US Open? Mm-hmm. Three qualifiers in the round yeah. of 16 for the three men. Male, yeah, three male qualifiers. Hmm. US Open, third round. So Jensen Brooksby did well, but I don't know. He would have got a wild card, wouldn't he? Rather than being a qualifier. Um, and Nakashima... But also, he would have had a wild card, I would have assumed. So, uh, oh no! And I've got to get all three. Two of wow. two of two, oh, two of, of three. three. Oh, um, well, Carlos Alcaraz. But I, was he a wild? Was he a qualifier? I'll say Carlos Alcaraz. Maybe he had to qualify. Although I think he would have got a wild card. Or actually, I think he might have been just high enough ranked by then. Um, Oh, Botic van der Zanschulp. Um, He had a good good run at the US and would have been a qualifier. So I'll say him, Alcaraz, and I will say... I will say... Borna Gojo. Um, <laughs> I will say Jensen Brooksby because maybe he did have to qualify. I mean, there were some good guesses there. Both uh, spectacularly incorrect. Alcaraz, not correct. Jensen Booksby, not correct. Bottich van der Zanschop is correct. Um, but you sadly get no marks because, uh, yeah, I wanted uh, one more correct correct answer. You could have given me either. Oh, hang on. Was it Peter Gozowicz at all? It was, Kim. You could have okay. given me oh. Peter Gozowicz and... Yes, that would have been correct. Uh, you could have also given me another German. Care to have any guesses? Kravitz and Mies. Uh, no, uh, another German. Uh, Daniel Altmaier. He got to the <laughs> French Open. <laughs> oh my God, Kim. No. And before you I say it, no, it's not Dominic Kurt for either. <laughs> it's Oscar Otter. Oscar oh, Otter him. got to the round of 16 as a qualifier as well. Oh, yeah. well done to Oscar Otter. What a famous... Um, famous oscar otter yeah so uh i i'm not gonna give you i'm not gonna give you any points but uh yes bottich van der Sanschol, peter godjevitz and oscar otter uh were your three male qualifiers in the round of 16 at the us open this year okay and last question on this grand slam round i've gone a bit of doubles for you now joel so which croatian slash slovak doubles pairing did Britain's Joe Salisbury and partner Rajiv Ram fall to in the final of the Australian Open this year, meaning they were just one match shy of defending their title? So, which Croatian Slovak doubles pairing won I mean, the Australian? Because Open? I know so, because I know so many of them. Um, the only uh, the only answer that is coming into my head, and I think it is them because they had such a crazy good start and first half of the season. Uh, Mektic Pavic. 
Croatian slash Slovak, Joel. Oh, oh no, so, there, no. Yeah. Hang on. Um, I'll give cro- you another chance. Croatian. Hang on, Croatian stroke Slovak. So one's Croatian and one's Slovakian. Oh I mean, um, no, I've got, I've got no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, maybe that was a bit niche. It's Ivan Dodig and Philip Palasic. Oh my god, Kim! Yes, that was incredibly niche. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely would not have got that. I was so confident as well. I mean, my geography is obviously awful, but I was so confident in Mektic Pavic. Well, because we've just had the Davis Cup, I thought you might have realised that Mektic and Pavic were both Croatian. Yeah, I... neither of them were Slovakian. But there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So current scores: I'm on eleven, and you're on eight. So we've got oh, we've got one no. round more oh, no. to um, rectify that and okay. try and win. So the last round is on team uh, team tournaments and the Olympics. So uh, let's kick off. You serve first, Joel. What's the first question in this round? Yes. So my first question for you is very simple one, actually. It's actually a bit of a gimme, I think. Where is next year's Labour Cup going to be held? Oh, yes. Um, This is quite exciting because we might be able to potentially go, hopefully. And that is because it's in London, I do believe. That is correct. Yes, London. Correct answer. Probably a more pertinent question is: Will the Labour Cup? Will the Labour Cup give the passing shot accreditation uh, in London next season? Pro- probably not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> London is uh, the correct answer. Excellent. Okay. Question number one. I'm um, sorry. Question number two. There we go. Can't even get the numbers of the questions right. Right. Question two in the fa- fourth and final round. What nation was defeated by Team Russia in the final of the ATP Cup in January? Um, I think the answer. I think I actually know this. I think it's. I think it was Canada. Canada. Okay. Um, am I wrong? Am I wrong on that? I thought. I swear I researched ATP Cup like two days ago and I swear it was... No, 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 no. It was Germany. It was Germany. You're wrong on both fronts, Joel. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love how sure you were then. Um, so we had the final between Russia and Italy. So oh, yes. Yes, it was. It was it, do you know Fonini what... and Berrettini lost both of the singles rubbers. Oh, okay. It was... Uh, for some reason, I th- I think I went Canada because of because uh, it was like I thought it was like a, a country that had two strong singles players, but I don't know if Sinner and Berrettini were for Italy through through that, and then Fognini came. I don't know. Anyway, got I was a bit, that was a bit embarrassing for me, wasn't it? Um, okay, right. My next question for you, similar question actually. Um, I was actually a bit nervous whether we had the same question, but fortunately we didn't. But my question for you is. Who did the Russian Tennis Federation defeat uh, in the final of the Billie Jean King Cup 2-0 to be, cut to, to be crowned champions? <laughs> I do know this one because I've got a similar question, actually. Um, so, listeners, yeah, apologies for that. But you'll uh, probably this, this may help you for a question later on. Uh, so the Russian Tennis Federation in the Billie Jean King Cup finals beat Switzerland. 
Yes, that is correct. Yes, Switzerland got through to the final, but it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, Russia just had so much depth. Yeah, they went on to they went on to they went on to win two 0 really comfortable. So my question that sort of follows <laughs> on from that: <laughs> which player was substituted out somewhat controversially in the final of the Billie Jean King Cup to allow Ludmila Samsonova to play against Belinda Bencic instead? Uh, um, substituted out. Um, I want to say Kasatkina, but I don't know if that's right. I felt like she just was on a chair all the time. Um, was it Pavlet? Did Pavlichenko ever play? I don't even know if she played. I don't think I saw her. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take a punt and say. I'm gonna just gonna say Kasatkina. Oh, not quite, I'm afraid. It was Anastasia Pavlichenko. Oh, no. So Samsonova had a lot, you know, had a much better head-to-head against Benchich and had beaten her twice twice already this year. So they made a tactical manoeuvre, said, I think, that Pavlichenko had a slight injury, hence Samsonova had to come in and play. Oh, I should have got that right. I should have gone with a higher-ranked player. Oh, Oh, well. Um, okay, right. My next question for you is a Labour Cup question. Team Europe trounced Team World 14 1 in this latest edition of the Labour Cup. The only win for Team World came in the doubles against Zverev and Berrettini. For one mark, name one of that doubles pair that, sec- that secured the sole point for Team World. Oh, this was a very one-sided cup, wasn't it? Um, I know. Bit of an obliteration. It, did, it didn't do anyone any favours, I don't think. Um, so it was a doubles pairing for Team World. Now, one player instantly came into my mind, and that is John Isner. But I'm not... I I feel like... Well, did A, was John Isner even there? Um, B, would would he have necessarily played this doubles rubber um but i just have a gut feeling like that that's the first player i've thought of so i think it might have been john isner <laughs> correct yes oh, john wow, isner okay. was one of them he was partnered with denis shapovalov and ah, okay. they won four six seven six ten one um in the final set championship tie break so um yeah, uh, again, not, I mean, not great, uh, but yeah, <laughs> those are the only two players who can claim they got a, uh, yeah, they managed to get a point uh, for Team World uh, in the Labour Cup 2021. Fantastic. Let's hope next year's Labour Cup is a bit more competitive than that. <laughs> so next question. Name a player that Borna Gojo defeated at the Davis Cup finals in 2021. Oh, we spoke about this the other day. I know, it's quite recent. So oh, I thought Kim. No, one of the players he beat. Uh, who did he beat? Oh, I think I've got... Yes, I think I've got one, actually. I am I think Yannick Sinner. Oh. No? He did beat an Italian player. Oh, Sonigo. But... It was Sonigo, wasn't it? 
Oh. It was Sonigo, so I'm going to have to go with your first guess, I'm afraid, uh, Joel. But okay. do you want to guess? Do you want to make any guesses at the no, other? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I couldn't think of any. Um, no. I, I, let, what, what have you got for me? That's a no. Um, so it was Popperin <laughs> and Lajevic that he also Oh, yes. Popperin. Yeah. 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 Not good. No, I am. I'm definitely floundering. I think in the second half. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Two more questions left from me. Right. Uh, who was named most valuable player at the Davis Cup finals after going six and one in both singles and doubles? I thought that was going to be Borna Gojo for a minute. Um, <laughs> Borna Davis Gojo <Cup> wishes. <laughs> Well, um, surely, oh, no, actually, it... oh, no, it wouldn't be doubles because he wouldn't play because that's Mektic and Pavic's role. I was thinking it could be Marin Cilic, but I would have thought it would be someone who won, so someone from Team Russia, and I would have thought that Daniel Medvedev would have been the MVP, but it, it could have been Rublev, but... Mm. I'm going to say Medvedev. Medvedev? Yeah. Not convinced, though. It's Andre Rublev. Oh. I, I thought it was Daniel Medvedev as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Andre Rublev who was uh, MVP. Uh, he went 6-1 in the yeah singles and doubles. Uh, so not... Daniel Medvedev, although he did he did play his part and he did rile up the crowd in uh, in Spain. Absolutely right. Next question from me. I seem to have gone on a bit of a Swiss theme here. Um, <laughs> Benchich and Golubic earned Switzerland's second straight Olympic silver medal in women's doubles, but who won the silver medal for Switzerland in 2016 in women's doubles? So technically, this isn't 2021, but got to cast your mind 20, back a little bit further. 2016. Yeah. So the Rio Olympics. Who won the Olympic silver medal in women's doubles for Switzerland? Um. Oh, that is that is him. That is so tough. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna. I. I mean, I don't even know if she's still playing tennis. At this time, Do it doesn't you just matter want... if she's playing now. It matters if she was playing in 2016. Yeah, or... I don't even think she was playing in 2016. I feel like, she... but I'm just going to say anyway. Martina Hingis and um, well, the only other Swiss player I know, and again, I'm not even sure if she was playing in 2016. T- Timea Bishinsky. Yes, Joel, that is correct. Oh my god! Well yeah, unbelievable. I walked past Timea Bashinsky in the street uh, <laughs> in Prague when I was at the Billie Jean King Cup. Uh, I only realised it. I was walking with a friend. I only realised it like 15 seconds after, which by that time, the you know, the moment had been lost uh, and I couldn't go back to her and, you know, ask if she wanted to go, you know, be on our show for a passing shot meets episode. But um, yeah, what really, really random. Really oh. random. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, but yeah. Anyway, oh, I'm glad I got that right. That's a, that was a, that was a tough question. Congratulations, Joel. <laughs> right. Um, my final question for you, Kim, is very simple. Which player upset Naomi Osaka at the Tokyo Olympics? Oh, um, 
Oh, that is a good question. Um, yes, I think, was it her? So she'd beaten her before. No, maybe it wasn't. Oh, okay, right. I'm just going to say this person. I don't actually know if this is right, but because I, I think she'd beaten her before in the Fed Cup when it was still the Fed Cup. Um, is it Sara Cerebas Tormo? <laughs> no. No, that is completely <laughs> incorrect. No, oh. it's it's not. Um, the correct answer is Marketa Von Drusova. Oh, yes, of course. Um, she <laughs> beat Naomi Osaka 6-1-6-4. Really uh, convincing. Um, yeah, not the fairy tale story for Osaka in the Olympics. Felt like many perhaps thought or, or hoped it would be. But um, yeah, Mar- Marketa Von Drusova uh, claiming the upset. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, not Osaka's finest tournament. Mm. A bit of a shame for the home home crowd. Well, not that there was a crowd, but there we go. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. Last question of the whole entire 2021 quiz. And, you know, this question is just right up there. So last question. What sport was Novak Djokovic seen trying in the Olympic Village with athletes from Belgium? That is a that is a great question because he did do that like he did go round and I genuinely felt like he's a guy who he he thinks he can learn he can learn from talking to athletes from other sports. Um what was he trying? I want to say it was something to do with like being flexible and you know because he's quite an athletic guy and I wonder if it was something to do with like gymnastics um was he with the Belgium I'm going to say, was he with the Belgium gymnastics team He was Joel it, you are correct he was doing oh. gymnastics he posted about it on social media um and yeah he was loving the olympic uh life I have to say he was definitely making the most of his his time there so yeah he put a nice little photo of himself doing the splits i think with the uh, belgian olympic gymnastics team as we know he's a very flexible guy already so probably not i'm sure he can do the splits just you know like that so <laughs> he could probably just get into the the, the belgian uh, gymnastics team if he wanted to <laughs> he probably could uh well <laughs> if you change nationality um but yeah, that brings us to a close. So our final scores, Joel. Oh, here we I, go. I, I, well, you got ten in total. <laughs> yes, out, double out digits. Fifty percent. <laughs> yes. And I got fourteen. So um, oh, okay. I did beat you again. I'm yep. afraid. But oh. um, our scores are only out of twenty. So you know, listeners, your scores were out of forty. Let us know how you did. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, playing along with us hope it wasn't too difficult i hope that brought back some memories from the season for you as well yeah listeners let us know how did you get on did anyone get full marks did anyone did anyone get worse than my score is anyone going to own up and make me feel better about my score um please let us know but uh yeah listeners i hope you've enjoyed listening to this end of season quizmas episode from the passing shot uh this is going to be our final episode of the season uh the 2021 season it won't be too long i have no doubt uh until you'll hear our sweet to dulcet tones again uh for the new season for 2022 um but again it's been great um having all the support uh from you guys um across the season 
really, really encouraging. We've seen that in the feedback um, and also uh, with kind of uh, the interactions on social media. So thank you for all of your support. And we hope we can see you again in 2022. Remember, if you want to support the show, then make sure to look at our crowdfund campaign. The link is in the description. If you want to help and back us and, and really help us kind of thrive and, and flourish in 2022 we'll put the link in the description to our crowdfunding if you can support us we would really really appreciate it but for the very last time uh yes uh, this is me saying remember to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice uh whether that's apple Podcasts, spotify overcast Castbox, stitcher and all good podcasting platforms out there you can also listen to us on the downloadtennis.com app and if you want to show your support for the show as well as uh leaving us a donation on the crowdfund you can also leave us a rating and comment on apple podcasts and you can also follow us on social media if you don't already we are on facebook instagram and twitter at passing shot pod so do give us a like and a follow do get in touch we always love to hear all your thoughts and feedback on the show and you can also email us as well passing shot pod at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our website www.thepassingshot.co.uk and we will be back next season for 2022 at Passing Shot HQ. So I hope you can join us for the new season. In the meantime, I hope you're well and safe wherever you are in the world. Uh, from Joel and Kim, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will see you again for, <laughs> we will be doing it all again for the, the 2022 season. So I hope you can uh, stick with us and we will see you in the new year. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.